Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. gentlemen welcome into another episode of the peas two peas on a podcast this is gerald with you thank you so much for joining us this week we have another fun top five countdown for you as always and i'm very excited this week because i have a first time guest on the show a first timer it's always exciting for me when that happens just to bring some fresh blood in here you know i've known this guy for a while uh you know we've hooked up at a couple different live stream for the cures with epic film guys i went on his show in october because we discussed the halloween classic trick-or-treat which was a lot of fun but brad is here from the cinema guys and like i said he's never been on the piece brad what's up man how are you welcome hey, to the show what's going on thank you for having me i got my 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 pee is popped i'm, I'm here <laughs> and you're on the show <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> oh man well, thanks so much for being here, man. So the Cinema Guys, um, I'm very familiar with it, but maybe some of my listeners aren't. So since you've never been on the show, just tell everybody real quick up here at the top, you know, what's the show all about and, uh, you know, what do you guys do over there? Yeah, we're just, uh, we're three friends. It's myself and my co-host Justin and the Cinemaiden, and we talk movies. Typically, it's a current movie, and we also do lists, but it's a, it's a shorter version. We kind of tie it into whatever movie we're talking about and then give at home recommendations, but we just we just have fun talking movies. You guys do, and it is a lot of fun, and uh, I, I love taking a listen to you guys because, I mean, that's it. You just have a good time. You just yeah. have fun with it, which is great. It's not it's not over serious. It's not super dramatic. You know, I mean, you guys you guys will dive in there, and you'll, you'll give you know detailed descriptions and stuff. Yeah, and we're full spoilers, <clears throat> too, so anybody who listens just know yeah. we give everything away in the movie <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert exactly all right well i guess we're probably going to do that tonight too man when we get into some of these so why don't you tell everyone what is in your own words because this is a topic that you came up with what is the top five tonight what are we what are we counting down well the top five we are going to count down our top five movie going experiences yeah man and, and this was something like when you shot to me like, hey, you want to come on a list? I was like, I want to think of something that I don't think anyone has kind of like right. dug into. So, sure. And I love going to the movies. I'm sure just like you do, mm-hmm. there's nothing like that theater experience. And there's there's some that just always in my mind of like, that was awesome when I went to that one or, you know, that night was amazing. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Uh, you know, I thought it was particularly kind of timely, too, because of what's going on right now in uh, 2020. With yeah. co- with COVID, I thought it was cool that you pitched this because it, it would allow me to kind of remember <laughs> what it was like <laughs> to be in the theater. Because, I, you know, I haven't been to see a movie since Invisible Man, which was like in the early part of March, I think. Yeah, same. That was the last movie I saw in the theater was um, Invisible Man. I think I saw that one. And then my son and I went to see Onward. And I don't remember which was first, but those were the last two movies we thought theater and, and same same with me i took the kids to onward a few days before i saw invisible man but then uh, okay. that was it yeah so it stinks man just because like you i do love the theater going experience so when you were coming up with this, this list i mean how old of a guy are you brad if you don't mind me asking uh i just turned 45 okay me too well i've turned 45 in november so okay i'm on the heels of 45 myself so we're the same age so you know when you were coming up with this list i mean is don't give it away any titles because we'll dive into them here in a minute but was this like a, a pretty nostalgia heavy list for you or did you just kind of think of the adrenaline rush of going to some of these movies um some of both there there were some that kind of had that nostalgia that i remember as a kid and then seeing things later and it triggered things in me mm-hmm. um but there was also that adrenaline of oh my gosh this this night was amazing 
Right. Well, for me, you know, I was building my list, and I didn't really know this was a, a unique topic because I didn't really know how to tackle it from the outset. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it's not like a genre list, you know what I mean? Because it could be anything. I mean, it could be comedy, horror, animation. Like, I mean, it could literally be anything because so many different genres get released in theaters. So I didn't really know what angle to go at it. So I, what I did is I pulled up my top. I have a top 250 list, like my 250 movies of all time. Okay. And I pulled that up, and I just kind of started going through it. And as I was going through and seeing some of the titles, I was like, oh, yes, I remember seeing that in the theater. <laughs> and then there is a lot of nostalgia for me, too. There'll be a few stories that I'll probably have to throw in for some of these some of these movies. And even though they might not be amazing, uh, the theater experience, you know, specifically is what I was putting on the list uh, tonight. But with that being said, I do love all these movies. So and in some of it, it was hard to like, OK, that one was was it just a good movie that night or did it was the experience like? Right. So I was trying to like break between the the two. Right. Mine's gonna be pretty heavy, heavy nostalgia, I think. Um, so we'll, we'll see which way you go, man. But all right. So we're gonna count down our uh, top five theater movie theater going experiences. And uh, this was a lot of fun to research, Brad. So thank you so much for pitching this topic. And uh, if you're ready, man, I am going to let you get us started. We're in the pipe. Five by five. Brad, what is uh, what are, what are we diving into first, man? What's your number five? Well, my number five is The Force Awakens. Okay, it, it, it's hard not to put a Star Wars movie on the list just because. I mean, it's an experience to go see one in the theater, mm-hmm. and this was a big one because it's the last time you know I ever went to the theater early to camp out to be in line to get the seat. You know, you want to sit in that that seat when you're going with a big group of friends cuz now it's a it's all you pick your seat beforehand. Mm-hmm. So that that fun. I I enjoyed doing that. So <laughs> you, did. you know, that <laughs> that day Force Awakens, I think I got to the theater myself and another friend. We got there about 11 a.m. for the midnight show. Mm-hmm. And we just I mean, it, it's just a fun day. I I was dressed in Jedi robes and we just had it a fun day amping ourselves up getting ready for, you know, a new Star Wars that we ne- we didn't think we were going to get after episode three was released right no i get that man uh it's so funny that you did star wars because i'm gonna get into my number five here in a minute that's crazy (laughs) um and i know you're a star wars guy right like you're you're a a super fan i remember hearing that on your show as well so you know i am too i mean i you know i kind of pride myself on just for the entertainment like i'm not like i can't name everybody's like third uncle and like that kind of shit you know what i mean like i'm not that die hard yeah but i do love the series so much and i grew up with the series except for me it was like vhs it was never like going to the theater really um at least like you know through my folks or whatever but my number five is a movie that's very divisive in the star wars universe but here's why i had to put it on my list okay my son my son is seven years old now and he was six years old when i took him to see the rise of skywalker okay last year and you know this is the ninth film right it was a ninth installment yeah yeah in in a long line of decades of motion pictures and then if you add in all the tv stuff and animation series and everything else too but just talking about theatrical releases going on for decades and the culmination kind of the ending of that line of of films and that story so the emotion of that of knowing that this series is ending uh theatrically at least the skywalker saga but being able to share it with him just in the nick of time you know because Mm -hmm. i felt like he was just old enough six going on seven where it was like okay you can see star wars kind of like fantasy violence or whatever you're going to be okay uh and his eyes man and like just seeing the movie posters even in the theater before we went in and you know he's got all the star wars legos and he has the r2d2 droids that that you know roam around the house here and like lightsaber (laughs) fights and like but he's never seen any he's never seen any of it in a movie theater on the big screen okay this was his first one That was his first one, man. So that's why it was such a special movie-going experience for me. Now, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I like the movie. Uh, I know there's a lot of Star Wars fans that that hate on it and that think it was a piece of shit. I I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed it. I I can see the faults in it, especially for, like, Star Wars purists or whatever. Um, And I'm not going to, you know, argue that point one way or another, but I enjoyed it. But for the reason for it to make this list is because of me 
sharing it with my son. Um, such just such an and the same thing could be said for the Mandalorian on TV too. Like we watched that series mm-hmm. on Dis- Disney Plus, and him and I were just so ready every time an episode came out. We're like, oh, it's the new Mandalorian, or you know, like we're there like immediately to watch it. Uh, so being able to share that series with him at home and then see the Rise of Skywalker with him in the, in the theater, uh, you know, if he were to make this list himself in like 20 years, I wonder if that would be on his list because of of sharing that you know with me last year. So that's why it makes my list. And and I'm with you. I have a eight and a nine year old, and they're into Star Wars. So when that one came out, they it was immediately you know they had gone previously, and, and we were the same way. We were watching the Mandalorian every week, and they're like, "When are we going to go see Rise of Skywalker? When are right. we going to go see it?" Right. And and just seeing kids light up in the theater of that excitement that I get the same way when I. Because I'm, a, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love mm. them. Yes, they have their faults, but you know what? I love every every one of the movies in mm. in different ways. And being able to kind of, uh, you know, be be a kid again of right. of right. experiencing that. There's there's nothing like it. You know, I've mentioned it on the show before, man. But I just I'm such a sucker for that. Uh, you know, introducing my kids to stuff, and then not only that, but they latch onto it. You know, and it becomes part of what they love too. Yeah, uh, whether it's movies or music um and that's just always really special to me you know there's all there's also times when it's a swing and a miss you know where i'll pitch something to them or i'll show them something or play a song for them and they don't really care they're like "Uh, whatever you know but then there's times when it like it it hits you know what i mean and he is into star wars big time um and to be able to see it in the theater for the first time for him uh was was a big deal for me so that's why that's got to be one of my favorite movie going experiences is my number five the rise of skywalker all right man we're over to you what's your what's your number four brother number four is is Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this was a movie I knew zero about the book before it came out. I knew that there was this, well, I would not say zero, but I didn't know a lot. I knew there's this book about dinosaurs and they're making a movie about it. And I had friends who are like, we have to go see this. We have to go see this. I was like, all right, I'll go. And we get there and, you know, there's lines around the theater. And I'm like, why? Why are people lining up for this? Like, I understand there's dinosaurs and I guess this book was was huge. But then I get in and it, you know, seeing that T-Rex on screen, just huge, you know, coming after the car and and just dinosaurs basically come to life on the screen. I was just like, oh, my gosh, what? How did I not know about this before? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good one, man. You know, I I love Jurassic Park, particularly the original. That's another Mm -hmm. one, by the way, that I introduced my son recently. We watched it, obviously, on Blu-ray here at the house. But uh, but yeah, that's a good one. I just feel like especially because at the time from like a special effects standpoint there was mm-hmm. nothing there was nothing like it it was just like amped up big time oh yeah yeah, it, yeah. and it had that the first probably not the first time but well maybe that first time with ilm cgi like that mix of practical work right. and the cgi work where it was almost seamless right right great movie man great pick jurassic park your number four my number four came out as a sequel now I prefer the first one, okay, as far as, like, if I was going to watch one right now, I'd watch the original. But the sequel I can remember from a movie-going experience is very similar to what you were talking about with The Force Awakens. It was me and a bunch of friends from high school. I want to say I was in, like, 10th or 11th grade at the time. And it was just such an event, man. And it was like you were in line, miserable in line, uh, you know, afraid you're not going to get a seat. You know, people's necks are being broken on the front row because it's (laughs) the only seat that's available. People are standing in the back. Uh, you know, this is in the era of like you waited in line and you just hoped that you could get a seat that was decent, you know, and it was for Batman Returns in 1992. Okay. Yeah. I'm a huge Batman fan. It's my favorite superhero. And Batman 89 is, you know, my favorite film, Batman film, The Dark Knight's probably mm-hmm. probably right up there, too. But Batman Returns, I can just remember that experience of going out with a group of friends, you know, no parents in sight. Uh, and just we were all just so amped because of what we saw with the first movie and just being big comic book nerds and being big Batman fans and it's just some it's almost like going to a concert almost for like a band that you really want to see because it's just so much energy and you're just waiting and you're waiting for the moment and then and the movie's great too like I love that movie man I'm a I was always a big Tim Burton fan in high school and college I mean I still am I revisit his stuff frequently so I love that you know he was the filmmaker and that kind of dark gothic aesthetic to Batman was really cool to me um and I love this movie man so it's one of my favorite sequels also Batman Returns is, is my number four Are you a fan of that one? Oh, that was the first Batman movie I got to see in the theater. Yeah. I, I didn't get to see the 
1989 Batman in the theater. I didn't see it till you know video release, mm-hmm. but became a huge fan of that movie. So when Returns came out, I was like, I have to see this. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you, like big Tim Burton fan. His his more current stuff hasn't been as good, but no. older Burton is Beetlejuice and the two Batmans, and I, I love his Planet of the Apes. I know a lot of people hate it, but yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of his films. Like I love his style, yeah. and it, it worked perfectly for Batman. Yeah, he's great, man. Ed Wood, Edward Scissorhands, yeah. Sleepy Hollow. I mean, the guy knows knows what he's doing, but I think in the last five, you know, five to seven years, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. But yeah, uh, you know, I mean, that happens a lot. I mean, you know, he had. Su- it, it's always tough when. A filmmaker or even an actor for that matter, you know, hits their peak so early in their career. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like they're literally just trying to live up to that for the rest of their lives, you know? So uh, even some of his crap movies that have been made in the last five years, I'm sure there's filmmakers that just wish, you know, they could have pulled off something like that. Do you know what I mean? So I, I mean, tough. even his his stuff that isn't as good, he you can look at the movie and go, that's probably a Tim Burton movie. Right, right. All right. Well, we're, uh, we're over to you, man, I believe, right? For your number yeah, three. What do you got, no, buddy? Number three. Three. This is another movie that was big, late 90s, a movie that came out that just blew everybody away, and that is The Matrix. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie, I lived in Colorado at the time, and... Um, we saw it at a theater in Denver that at the time it was the biggest screen in the state. It was a three and a half story screen. Mm-hmm. And anytime you could see a movie at this theater, it was an experience because it was, the screen was so big that it like curved. So if you were towards the front, the, it kind of curved around you. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky enough to get in opening night to the matrix and just seeing that bullet time on that giant screen and the effects in that, it was like, we've never seen anything like this before. And I was like, man, movies from henceforth are going to change. Right. And they did. Oh, yeah, they yeah, did. They did. What do, you, what, what do you think of the sequels? Um, I enjoyed them. Not as much as the original. Sure. And But I like the, the, the energy put behind them. I know they tried to make them bigger and better. Right. But that original is still, you know, it's the, you know, that the point where I think action movies from there forward just changed. Yeah, I agree. I also I also remember seeing The Matrix in the theater, and uh, I don't know. I did. I remember what was cool about The Matrix is that I didn't really hear a lot about it before, and then after I saw it in the theater, it started to just gain so much like widespread kind of mm-hmm. notoriety, and like I'm like, yeah, that that was pretty cool. And then I went back to see it again in the theater after kind of the hype started building yeah. for it, and I'm like, okay, I can see what people were all you know going crazy about here this is awesome and i uh, you know i like the sequels i think they progressively get worse as they go on I, i'm excited to see what they do with four since me they're too. gonna do a fourth one yeah me too I'm curious how they're doing a fourth one but we'll see yeah me too yeah i know <laughs> what the fuck? i don't know movies man you can do whatever you want i guess uh okay the matrix is your number three i like it man good pick my number three is um I'll just go ahead and tell you, and then I'll tell you why. But it came out in 1994. It's a movie called Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think you've probably heard of it. I, I think um, I have. Quentin I've seen Tar- it a few times. Yeah, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. And, you know, this. the reason this is on... I mean, of course, it's a great movie, but the reason it makes the list for movie-going experiences is, you know, I'm kind of building on my memories here. I'm kind of going on my memories. And I was a freshman in college. I just graduated high school. And this movie came out my first semester of college. I had made some new friends. Uh, This dude named Bob I was friends with. He was actually my roommate at the time. Uh, Chris, a uh, good friend of mine, Chris Wiz, who I'm actually still friends with today. He's actually been on the show a few times, actually. Uh, and he's local to me here, and he was with us too. And we went to see Pulp Fiction because, you know, we'd heard, like, you won't believe, you know, this new filmmaker, mm-hmm. and this is really just, just a cool movie. And we were, I can remember the three of us just in the theater, just like in awe of the way the film was shot and how gritty and there was a level of realism to it that that I had never seen uh maybe I was a sheltered you know white kid uh <laughs> in middle America or whatever but I had just never I, I mean I knew you know about drug use and you know things like that but I had never just seen it so stylized on on film before you know the scene with um you know the adrenaline shot to the heart mm-hmm. for example for example uh you know imagine an 18 year old kid fresh out of high school seeing that on the big screen after never having experienced anything like that 
uh, it was just so cool, man. It was just, I remember seeing Pulp Fiction made me feel cooler than I was. Just just seeing it. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. And uh, it, it's also the first movie from a movie-going experience standpoint. And I remember Chris and, and Bob fondly because we would go see movies together all the time. And it was the first one that I recall where it was one of those movies where you talk about it after, you know? And that used to be it. That's that's the thing that's kind of gone away in the age of social media. You know, it's not as prominent as it used to be. But, you know, before social media and text messaging and all that, you would leave the theater and you'd sit out in the parking lot and talk about, you know, different plot points and like what you thought this meant. And I can remember we did that for a long time afterwards uh, with Pulp Fiction. So it's a great memory for me. What were you going to say there, man? I was going to say that's kind of how uh, our podcast started. Right, right. I mean, my my co-host Justin and I, that's what we, we'd go to the movies every week week and just stand out in the parking lot for an hour and talk about it and eventually we're like hey let's uh let's record these (laughs) yeah why not right that's like me and andy because you know we first started the show andy's not with the peas anymore as you know but we first started the show was four years ago and it was because of when trump won the election because we did a, a current events podcast at the time for like the first year of the show and we were sitting around talking about the presidential election because whether you you know agreed with the result or you didn't, you were probably shocked, you yeah. know, the, like oh, of, the, yeah. of the outcome. You know what I mean? So we were just talking about it. We were friends and we worked together. And it was just constantly like, can, did you hear this? Can you believe this? We both made reaction videos to like our followers on Facebook and stuff. And, and finally, we were like, why don't we just record this? You know, and that's what we did. And then next thing we knew, we had a current events podcast for like a year and a half, <laughs> which was fun, you know, but we had to kind of put that to bed, as you know, just because it, get, it gets to be a little taxing on your yeah, a little much time. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, OK, so <clears throat> but I will say Pulp Fiction that the same for me. I was I was in my first year of college and I didn't see it right away. It was just that talk of people like, have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie? Right. And I didn't go with the group of friends i ended up seeing it by myself but okay. it was still that same way that adrenaline you know when he hits her in the chest with that syringe i was just like i grew up in a small town kind of sheltered in some things that i saw and i was like right. oh my god this is amazing i i need to has he done any other movies and you know mm-hmm. then i went to i seeked out reservoir dogs yeah and- same here same here yeah <laughs> Yeah, I had heard of Reservoir Dogs, but I saw it after Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Pulp same, Fiction was same. my introduction to QT. So, uh, and I've loved everything he's done since. I mean, I know some are you know lesser than others, but I love all of them. I don't think I've ever seen a Quentin Tarantino scene, let alone a movie, where I haven't been entertained. You know? Oh, so, yeah, no, no. So great filmmaker, and this was my introduction to him, and it was just such a talking point for me and my you know movie loving college friends at the time. That was not something that I had really done. You know, in other words, like. When I went to see movies in the theater before, it was like, oh, that was cool. You know, like some shit blew up. Like, cool, man. You know, yeah. great. <laughs> but when when I saw Pulp Fiction, it was like, oh, man, like, what do you think he was doing with those dolly shots? And what do you think Travolta meant when he said this? And like, you know, it was like a very, like, think, thought-provoking film for me at the time. And it was probably because of the of my age. It hit just at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that's why I remember and this it, one so far. It wasn't that linear movie making either. It wasn't right. a, that story that from beginning to end, it jumped around so we were like, oh, okay. Right. So they were here, here, and yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever QT comes up on the show uh, with a new guest, I always ask, "What's your favorite Tarantino film?" Man, my favorite Tarantino film. Oh, yeah. man, putting you on the spot here. Gotta, I know. You gotta get. You gotta give me an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I know mine. I can tell you mine first if you want. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna say Pulp Fiction when I, uh, it's a when good I one. think about it. It's a good one. My, mine's in Glorious Bastards. It, Glorious Bastards is a close second. Yeah, yeah. and that's mostly just that that beginning scene mm-hmm. where Christoph Waltz, you know, pours the milk, and that oh, yeah. that entire scene is just amazing. Perfect filmmaking and Great. perfect writing, delivery, everything. Yep, I love it, and I love when I love when Tarantino does revisionist history too when he puts a different. Oh spin yeah, on. yep. Uh, I like that. So, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was yep. a fantastic movie. Yeah, which is one of the reasons I love that one so much too, just because it, it's just a different take on a story that we knew so well, you know. So, and and some of my favorite stuff he does is that dialogue around a table, like Reservoir Dogs in the diner. <laughs> right. He does love doing that, right? It, even um, Death Proof in the bar with the girls, uh-huh, you know, yeah. the back and forth. Like he does it so well. Yeah, I agree. The the underground bar and 
in Bastards with yeah fa- with Fassbender Pff, come on bro perfect perfect scene, scene down there so tense and palpable and just uh, great action yeah he's he, he writes dialogue like nobody else yeah and then Brad Pitt comes down with a little handkerchief waves it <laughs> <laughs> at the end um, okay so we're up to our runner ups Brad uh, we're looking good man no crossover yet what no. is your number two movie going experience man my number two this it goes along close to your number five another I got two Star Wars movies on my list. Oh, you did that, eh? Yeah, this is this is another divisive film, but the same reasons for you. Mm-hmm. This is the first one I got to take my two boys to go well, there see. There you go. Yeah, sure. And that's The Last Jedi. Oh, I fucking love The Last Jedi. Don't come at me with The Last Jedi, bro. That is probably <laughs> my number two in the series. Well, number three, maybe, if I count Rogue One. And uh, But I love I love Last Jedi, man. And as, as you know, obviously, it is a divisive movie, just like Rise of Skywalker, but... Mm-hmm getting to take you know my two boys this is their they saw you know the force awakens after on video at home and they're like oh they loved it so i was like when last jedi comes out we're gonna go see it Mm -hmm. and just seeing their faces light up and get excited when bb8 comes on screen or when the porgs come out and they're like oh porgs and you just like it just amped the movie up even more and and just made me love it more than than I did. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get an argument from me, man, because <laughs> I, I have been a stout defender of that film. Uh, Ryan Johnson's kind of view of that. And, you know, that would be my one downside for a movie like The Rise of Skywalker is it, it negated a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. and a lot of that, you know, storyline that we've been given in The Last Jedi. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it just depends on how serious you want to take it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know there, I know there's some Star Wars fans that live this shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's uh, not a Star Wars movie, but it is. You you're right. No, it is. It, it forever <laughs> will be, you know, but I, I mean, I love them all for different reasons. Kind of like what you said when I mentioned my pick, but uh, the last Jedi has always been one of my favorites, man. It, like I said, if I was, and if, in fact, I feel like I did rank them on letterbox, but if I was to rank mine, I want to say last Jedi would probably be three or four for me in the whole, I mean the whole shebang. So, uh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's it's right up there, I believe, for me as well. Like, uh, honestly, when I saw it the first time, because after seeing Force Awakens, you're like, okay, the style of the Star Wars, and it's like it's very similar. Mm-hmm. And then you go see this one, and it's it's the same but different. Yeah, and. I, I still liked it when it came out, but I was still like that, like, okay, this is different. How how do I really feel? Right. But then, you know, well, it's interesting it that it's more. interesting that I hear you say that because th- I agree with you. And one of the things I love about the Last Jedi is it's such a challenging film. Like yeah, it's uh, it really challenges its fan base. It challenges the viewer to real. I mean, it's a dark film, man. I mean, it's oh uh, yeah, what what Luke's going through, and uh, I, I mean, it's just a very uh, deep. There's a lot of deep-rooted um, storylines in The Last Jedi that aren't typically found in Star Wars. Star Wars is usually a much more kind of cut-and-dry story. Oh, absolutely is. Yeah, so, but that's one of the reasons why I love it, too. So, All right, man, so my top two are both going to center around memories with my father. My, my dad has okay. passed on. He actually passed on a long time ago. He died in 1996, and uh, when he died, I was 21 years old, so... My number two movie is the last movie that my father and I saw together in the theater. And I guess I should say my dad and I, or my dad just in general, didn't really go to the theater very often. Okay. Uh, it would have to be something like like he was really, really into. And he was really into Clint Eastwood. And in 1991, Clint Eastwood released Unforgiven, which... Uh, aside from being a great movie-going experience and seeing it with my dad, uh, is to this day is in my top 10 films of all time across any genre. Uh, it's definitely the best Western of all time, in my opinion, which I know might be a bold statement, but I'm not, wow. a, huge, I'm not a huge fan of Westerns. Okay. And I absolutely adore Unforgiven. Have you ever seen this movie? Yes, yes. And it, it is a fantastic movie. I, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody say put it in their top Westerns yeah. of all time. So that's why I was like, whoa. Yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it to you, man. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Now, with that being said, I, I don't, you know, really dissect Westerns very often because I'm not, that's not a genre I go to often, but mm-hmm. of the ones I've seen, it's definitely up there for me. So, you know, the movie going experience with this one is, you know, I was 91, I, I was like probably like a freshman in high school and was kind of in that teen angst period of my life where I didn't really want to, you know, do anything with my folks or whatever on the outside and my exterior. But inside, I really wanted my dad to accept me and I wanted to, you know, do stuff 
together with him and like but I would never come out and tell him that do you know what I mean so when this happened and we used to watch old westerns together on TV all the old Clint Eastwood films and I knew he was a big Eastwood fan and he nonchalantly said I'm gonna go see the new Eastwood today do you want to come with me and of course I jumped all over it you know I did it in a cool way like yeah sure whatever man you know <laughs> <laughs> but of course I did it and we went to see it and it was just it's such a like kind of crappy memory but it's also so special just because it was the last time we saw a movie together in the theater like i mentioned but we had to sit on the front row because mm. it was packed uh this movie was the, all the oscar buzz and everything around it at the time it was just selling out every night and uh we had to sit on the front row or like looking up at it but i could just remember my dad like my dad was not a very like extroverted person do you know what uh, i mean okay yeah and I can remember when this movie was over, he was like so excited and he was like talking to me about it. He's like, Can you, you know, he's like almost like shaking from excitement at the ending of the film and like, you know, different scenes in the film that he was talking to me about in the car on the way home. And I just got to see a different side of my father. And what I think is really cool, even though it may sound cheesy, is that movies can do that. And movies brought out a different kind of side to him, even though it may have only been for 15 or 20 minutes on the ride home. Um, and it just, you know, kind of exuded these different emotions that he didn't normally express. And then, you know, the fact that it was the last time that, you know, I got to do that with him was really special too. So he was a huge Clint Eastwood fan. So anytime anybody mentions Clint Eastwood or, or he comes up or he directs a movie, or I automatically think of my dad just because he was such a huge fan of him. And then this is uh, one of the most prominent memories for me, too, from a movie-going experience standpoint. So that's why Unforgiven is, is my two, man. And, and seeing an experience like that can amp up a movie. I mean, just like you and I have said with Star Wars, taking our kids to see it made that experience even more than than what you know, just going, just us going would have done. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, with that being said, I, yeah, I love Unforgiven. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, yeah, a it's a good movie. A basic <laughs> film. But yeah, I think if I'd seen, you know, some random film with my father and it was the last time, you know, I saw it, it probably would have made this list. It just happened to be Unforgiven. So, yeah. Uh, all right, man. So that, well, well, we're looking good, Brad. I, you know, you got a great list. Obviously, I think I have a good list. So we got a nice, well-rounded list of movies here for anybody that wants to tackle these. <laughs> What is your what is your favorite your fondest movie going experience man my, your number one my fondest and and the thing is this one you know beat out my kids is number one mm -hmm. because just the not only the the going to the movie itself was an experience but it's after I got home was something as well and this is a movie that that pre kind of like the big internet buzz but it it still kind of got some of that out there and that's the Blair Witch Project. Oh, good one, man. I almost made my list of some honorable mentions. And this is a movie, I didn't see it probably till before it really wide released. I went to, uh, you know, small theater, art house theater was the only place in Denver that was playing it. So I, I it took me a week to get tickets to get in. And when I got there, like, the, again, the line around the building and I'm standing outside and there's people standing around me and one guy's asking me, he's like, it, it's, this is a true story. Is this a true story? And I like, no, man, it's not. It's like a, a fake, you know, we didn't call it a found footage movie then. It was just a documentary wasn't really a yeah, thing yet either. Yeah. I mean. it, we didn't really define it. And I'm like, no, it's just kind of like they want you to think it's real. And I, I felt bad because I think I just kind of ruined it for him. <laughs> right, 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 right. But then going to it and go, this was something you know different like like you're watching someone's home movie and then the way it ends and leaves that mystery in your mind mm -hmm. of like you don't know what it was or you didn't see anything you know when he's just standing in the corner and it, it's over anyone who hasn't seen it sorry spoiler alert <laughs> yeah no it's okay it's over 20 years old now and at the time i lived in the mountains outside of denver so when i drove home the place i lived was just surrounded by trees up in a mountainous area so you know i I pull in to my driveway when I get home and I, I sat in my car for 20 minutes after seeing this movie because it, it just kind of got under my skin of like, I just saw a movie of something in the woods, mm -hmm. you know, getting these people. And I'm a big horror fan and, and that stuff doesn't scare me, but this just got
got to me because well, it was very real feeling. Well, I'll tell you, man. Uh, I don't know if you've heard. Actually, you haven't heard the episode yet because as we're recording, it hasn't been released. But uh, Paul and I did our horror game changers in October, and we discussed this movie at length. And I'll just tell you, I thought it was real. So when I went to see this movie in 99, my sister and I went to see it in Greensboro. And uh, I told this story in depth on that episode, so I'll just give a brief summary for you. But we both thought what we were watching was actual footage from these kids. And I don't know if you remember, but there was the Sci-Fi Channel had done a... Did you you see that? They did like that TV special about the kids or whatever. But they did it from a mockumentary perspective as well. So it wasn't like fictionalized. You know, it was just like they were just telling you like a Dateline NBC kind Mm -hmm. of thing or whatever. And we'd seen that. And so we had kind of a base knowledge of like, oh my God, you know, we got to see this. Like these kids, you know, this is their, you know, their fate was like documented or whatever. So we didn't know. It probably took about a week or so after seeing it before we started to see all the stuff come out about how it wasn't real. And then at the MTV Movie Awards the following, like like maybe six months after the movie came out, we saw Heather Donahue and like uh, the dude that played Josh or whatever. I don't know if you remember, but they were at the MTV yeah. Awards giving away an award. And me and my sister were like, oh, okay, well, it's all kind of coming into focus now. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? But if you, if you ever want to know the psyche and what just to be fucked up, like, I guess it's just one of those things that kids today with social media and the internet, just in general, I mean, will never know because the the marketing for that film to this day I feel like was the most one of the most ingenious like field marketing campaigns of all time for any medium you know what I mean just oh, because uh, it was just it was just like we're gonna do everything we can with this newfound internet kind of technology and you know like the thing I told you they did with sci-fi and the different TV interviews they kind of faked or whatever. And they're like, we're going to use all this to our advantage to just make as many people as possible think this is a real thing. And that's going to be what's going to get them to the theater because they, they want it, you know, because we have that voyeurism in America where we want to see that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, they did it, man. The you can't look away from the car wreck. You're like, I got to see what happened to these kids. Cause right, right. In, in this early days of internet marketing, like there were fake articles out there and mm-hmm. the, the fake interviews and everything. And you're just mm-hmm. like, I, I need to see what happened. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, like I said, I, you know, I, I feel like gullible now saying that, but I mean, we didn't sleep that night, my sister and I. She was supposed to go back to Charlotte after the movie. I said, you're not fucking going anywhere. I can't stay. <laughs> There's no shot I can say in my apartment by myself tonight. Are you fucking nuts? And she's like, yeah, I'm not driving home either. So yeah, that's, that's why when uh, I got home, you know, there's just trees around me in the mountains. I'm like, I'm not getting out of my car right now. <laughs> that's what I mean, you know. So, oh man, yeah, that's a good pick, buddy. And I, you know, I thought about that one because um, of just the the kind of lore and thinking it was real at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, was, was was kind of creepy for me too. So I'm glad it got a mention. But the Blair Witch Project is your number one. That is my, my number one. My ner- yeah, man, my number one is uh, much is more nostalgia with my pop. So at my number two was the last film that him and I saw together in the theater. My number one is the first movie that I can remember uh, my folks taking me to see, and I don't know if it was the first, but I was six years old, so it quite possibly could have been. But it's just remained one of my favorite movies of all time uh, because it's the earliest memory I have in a movie theater, and it's uh, Superman Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, so my dad took me to see Superman 2. This is the one with General Zod, played by the uh, incomparable Terrence Stamp in that movie. Come son of Jarrell, nil before Zod. And, uh, you know, it, just the eyes of a six-year-old seeing that on the big screen is probably why I have never forgotten it. Just because, you know, now you look back on it, it's Christopher Reeve, you know, and the leotard or whatever. But seeing that at six years old, in 1980 was just like forget it man i mean it was like larger than life do you know what i mean oh yeah uh and it would probably be very very similar to what we were talking about earlier with our kids seeing star wars today uh you know me seeing that back in the early 80s was just there was nothing like i had never seen anything like that you know this is before comic book movies were coming out once a week like you know like they're sitcoms (laughs) basically yeah they're a dime a dozen now (laughs) right so you know you just didn't get them back then very often you know it was like once every five or ten years you got a superhero movie and Christopher Reeve was just just the all-American Superman and he just killed it as Clark Kent as Superman and I just have very fond memories of this because it's the first time I can remember being in a movie theater and I remember it vividly so uh, that's kind of crazy because my memory is horrible and this was you know <laughs> 40 years ago for me so it's it's crazy but uh, 
That would be my number one Superman 2. You've seen this? You're a fan of that? Oh, yeah. It's my favorite of the Christopher Reeves movies. Yeah, I would say and so, too. When I first saw it, it was it was one of those, like, oh, Superman finding, fighting Zod and, and a different kind of villain at the time. And, it, you know, as a young kid, I didn't – I read some comics, but I don't remember a lot of them. But seeing this on screen, I was like, oh, this is this is amazing. Yeah. And I know the Richard Donner cut's better, and uh, I own the Donner cut on Blu-ray, but um, at six years old, you don't give a shit, man. (laughs) You're just like, cool, this is cool, man. This dude's flying through the air or whatever. This is great. Um, But yeah, that's that's why that had to be my number one movie-going experience, because it's the first time I can remember being at the movies, man, and I've been there ever since, and that was 40 years ago, so that's really cool to me. So uh, that's our top five movie-going experiences. Brad, why don't you wrap up your five for everyone? Just remind them what you had over there. Well, I had at number five, I had The Force Awakens. Number four, Jurassic Park. Number three, The Matrix. Number two, The Last Jedi. And number one, The Blair Witch Project. Yeah, man, you double-dipped on the Star Wars there. I did. That's okay, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) My number five was The Rise of Skywalker. My number four was Batman Returns. My number three was Pulp Fiction. My number two was Unforgiven. And my number one was Superman 2. All right, man, so we're going to see what the fans had to say. They had some fun little nostalgic stories over on Facebook. Before we get there, why don't you tell me if you had any honorable mentions? I have five here. Okay, I have... I five or more that I just love going to the movie. So that's kind of how I like, like you've said, my memory isn't the greatest. And my wife will yell at me of like, well, you can't remember this, but you can remember going to the movies or when you saw this. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) something just stick with me. (laughs) Uh, Some others that I have fond memories of is seeing gremlins in the theater Mm -hmm. i remember my my grandma took me to see it because i really wanted to see this movie you know when you saw gizmo and the stuffed gizmos out there Mm -hmm. and she took me to see it she absolutely hated it of course (laughs) i mean it's grandma and i just was like oh my gosh this was so much fun i loved gizmo i loved the this movie and i wanted everything gremlins after seeing it and then you know years later two years ago our podcast got to host a screening during christmas for it so it just kind of oh, came nice. full circle for me of like and it brought up those memories of going to see it with grandma in the theaters and it, yeah that's awesome um same same with ghostbusters that's another one that i had fond memories of aunts and uncles taking me to see it mm-hmm. and when i saw it later in life in the theaters again just those memories kind of coming back to me like oh i remember when we did this and listening to the soundtrack and just enjoying this movie yeah absolutely all right any others um recently uh color out of space oh okay got to see it in the theater and this one it was the crowd the crowd was fully there for Nicolas cage and when (laughs) cage went full cage in that like this crowd just erupted and they were all into it when he like told the car to suck his dick or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that one scene yeah so it just kind of made the movie just I enjoyed the movie anyway, but it just kind of made it that much more fun. Oh, yeah, sure. I get it. Um, my first movie I ever got to go by myself with some friends was E.T. Oh, nice. And, yeah. you know, Good I'm one. seven when that comes out. We, you're, No way I'm going to send my seven-year-old to the theater by themselves I today. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Different time, right? But, you know, back in the 80s. Yeah, who cares, man? Who cares? Parents didn't care. (laughs) That's right, man. Simpler time. Exactly. Uh, Getting uh, Avatar. I mean, it has its faults of a movie, and I don't like 3D. But when I saw this in 3D, it was a whole different experience. It was more of an immersive, Mm -hmm. like you're in the movie, rather Mm -hmm. than stuff being like thrown in your face. Yeah, sure. I get that. All right, cool, man. Well, I'll run down my honorable mentions here. You only mentioned one of mine throughout the course of the evening, so that's pretty cool. Wow. But my number six would have been Scream, which is, uh, mm. to date, one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm actually watch- I was actually watching it right before we started recording. That, that was uh, on uh, on my, just missed the cut of my list. Yeah, this one, I can remember being such a cool movie-going experience because me and my sister took my grandma to see it. And Granny. <laughs> and gr- <laughs> Granny to see Scream. Yeah, yeah. And Granny leans over uh, about 10 minutes into the movie, and she knew the end. She figured it out. (laughs) She told me my sister. And we're both like, what are you, some kind of fucking, like, witch? How'd you know that? Um, So, yeah, she got it right. So, I don't know. That, That just always stuck with me as one of the most hilarious things. Because uh, she was like 80, you know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, oh, well, it must be this boy and that boy, and they're doing it together. And we're like, how the hell did you know that? Wow. My number seven would have been The Doors, an Oliver Stone film that came out in 91. 
And the movie-going experience for this one that was really cool for me was I loved the Doors music at the time. I was into a lot of that kind of weirder shit. And okay. my, my friend Renee and another friend of mine that worked at the movie theater had to sneak us in because they were doing this thing where you absolutely could not go under the age of 17. If you were underage and you were not with your parent, they had like people checking IDs. Like It was like just this crazy thing. I don't know why. I mean, there was a lot of like nudity and stuff in it, but drug use. But I don't know. It seemed a little excessive for like what it was, but I can just remember that being a thing and it's tame compared to what you can see on tv these days Yeah, i know i know exactly and they snuck us in and we got to see it i remember feeling so cool man uh (laughs) and like that movie was popular at the time so i was able to like tell people like oh yeah i saw it i saw it you know (laughs) i'm like you know a 14 year old kid so um that was that was pretty cool for me uh just being able to kind of flaunt that and then uh, Cameron Crowe did a movie in 92 called Singles, which mm, okay. was uh, which was like a grunge romantic comedy. Yep. And it was cool because it was like the best soundtrack. And this girl I was dating at the time, her name was Corey. And we, uh, you know, had some fun times. I'll just put it that way. The theater during Singles. <laughs> and we went to see it on a few different occasions. And we just loved that movie, man. And we were like quoted to each other. And like, you know, it was just a lot of fond memories from that movie. You already mentioned my number nine, which would have been the Blair Witch Project for all the reasons I mentioned. And then, you know, I had a lot of movie-going experiences with my sister growing up in college. We lived together. We had a we had a house together. And uh, we went to see movies together all the time. So I'm going to get made fun of, but I think this movie is a freaking epic, bro. And I cried my goddamn eyes out when I saw Titanic with my sister <laughs> in 1997. And Celine Dion was touching the heartstrings, man, and I was just there. Dude. I was there floating on the door, and it was just a great time. So I think uh, Titanic is an epic masterpiece, and I can remember seeing that in the theater just being moved i was I, just moved by it you know i saw that movie in the theater a couple times because my mom loved it and she didn't like to go to the movies by herself so she's like can you take me to go see titanic again there you go yeah <laughs> why not uh are you a fan of it you can tell me i, I mean i i enjoyed the movie yes yeah. I, I think like i you give like the what you would call the guy response being like oh i like the second half much better when the boat's sinking <laughs> right when everybody's dying or whatever <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it just moved me, man. It was, it's, uh, I can, I could get the punchline or whatever, but just the fact that movies are able to move us. And I can remember that that's what Titanic did for me. So, all right, man, let me read through some of these. So what I asked over on Facebook for the old suggestion box, Brad, is I just said, you know, what was your fondest movie going experience? And I'll get through a few of them here. So our buddy, Michael Hill, a regular contributor to the show says opening night of the force awakens. There, we there go. you go. He says he actually watched it two times in a row waiting in line with his wife and a couple of friends, and then getting back in line to wait for a friend who was working during the first show. I uh, did the same thing. I Not right after seeing it again. It was a couple of hours, but seeing it with another yeah. friend who couldn't see it till later. Yeah, yeah. Perry Wilson, a recent guest on the show, Perry says, honestly, seeing Elf in the theaters as a little kid really sticks out in my mind for some reason. I see so many movies in the theaters prior to 2020, of course, that the recent ones tend to blend together. So he mentioned Elf there. So Elf getting a little shout out. Uh, our buddy Justin from the Epic Film Guys, no surprise, but he says Batman 89. He just shares a I'm gif. Not uh, not surprised by that. No, not at all. It's his favorite <laughs> movie of all time. Uh, Jared Taylor, a patron and a frequent contributor, says when he was in college and he got to see The Matrix for free before it was released in theaters. Ooh, score on that oh, one. Buddy. Wow. He says uh, he, him and his buddies went and they were blown away. David Powell is pretty close to me here but he says superman the movie in 1978 at age six with his dad first first time in the cinema and he got to see a man fly so so david is kind of lockstep with me except i was a few years later with superman too drew hallam good friend of the show patron of the show he says one that he always remembers fondly is going to the drive-in as a kid and seeing the double feature of space jam and universal soldier (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, that's quite the double feature. <laughs> I know. Who booked that uh, combo? Wow. I guess they uh, figured the kids would be asleep by the time Universal Soldier came on. I think that was two people working on it. One of them forgot to tell the other one what they booked or something. <laughs> oh, you booked Universal Soldier? Oh, shit, I booked Space Jam. What are we going to do? All right, Dan Roski, patron of the show, says, seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark in the theater in Hollywood on the opening weekend. Wow. wow. That's, a big, that's a good one there. I, I got to see it in the theater like years later, but not not uh not when it was first released. Uh, let's see, Paul from the Countdown. You know him. You know that guy. He says uh, sneaking in to watch Basic Instinct when he was underage, <laughs> and it made an impact. He said, "I can't I can't believe he didn't say the Fifth Element was his biggest movie." Oh experience. man. A little fifth element drop, a little fifth (laughs) element dig on Paul there. And then the last one I'll mention is Joey. 
Joey's a good friend of the show, but he says the day that the Phantom Menace tickets went on sale, he was in college, his two ra- two roommates and him rented a U-Haul truck, threw a mattress in the back, and parked it at the theater. Wow. It was, it was finals week, so they rotated who was going to be there and who was at the library studying, and they powwowed all night with dozens of other Star Wars nuts. Yeah, episode one was close to making the list because that same buying the tickets where i worked our office bought everybody tickets to the movie but they put me in charge of getting them mm-hmm. and the hardest part was lucas film put a limit on it you can only buy 10 tickets oh, per man. person i don't remember that so we wow. had an office of 30 people so we had to get a few people to go and then each of us bought 10 such <laughs> so, an such an event man star wars I is know. just a cultural I, just thing you know i mean i could have put any of the star wars movies on there because seeing the like re-releases of even the special editions were a big deal because right. getting to see those on the big screen and right right well brad this was a lot of fun man i appreciate you pitching the topic to me you know we've uh gained a little bit of a friendship here over the last year or so and yeah i was able to talk trick-or-treat with you last month and now here you are doing this on the peas and i know you'll be back soon i uh, i had a blast yeah same same here man thank you so much why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and your buddies over there at the cinema guys you can find us at wearethecinemaguys.com we have everything up there you can link to our socials listen to episodes and we're on every podcatcher under the sun so yeah check them out guys great show a lot of fun they just have a good time talking about new movies it's not like Siskel and Ebert you know what I mean yeah, it's no. like they have no, a no, good no. time you know? <laughs> um, I love the cinema guys you, you know I, I love listening to when you dig into your bonuses too with your retrospectives I got to hear a few of those over on the Epic Film Guys Patreon and uh, Waterworld, I think I heard you <laughs> talk to that. That was fun. Uh, I, I love making Nick uh, watch some oh, bad yeah. movies. So please, yeah, keep doing that. You're doing God's work, brother. <laughs> Let's keep Nick honest over there. Uh, but thank you so much, Brad. And yep. guys, make sure you check out check them out at wearethecinemaguys.com. And all their information will be in the show notes. Brad, thanks so much for being here, man. Thank, thank you for having me. I had a fun time. Absolutely. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. We will be back with another top five and another pee on the pod. See you next week. Wherever you are, I believe that the heart does go on. Once more, you open the door and you'll hear in my heart and my heart will go on and on Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening. <laughs>